Hey patrons, hey everybody, what's up? This is another episode of Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, brought to you in part by our patron support. We just got another patron sign up today, so sir, I'll get your goods out to you. And if you're interested in becoming a patron yourself, stick around for the end of the show. Otherwise, let's get into another episode, episode 1,324 of the Creative Writing. I'm lying this point i'm just lying to get your attention everybody well it certainly helps if you plug in the the rear right channels flip the channel to the recorder instead of just yelling at it across the room you know what i'm saying wingman's garage oh yeah burn <laughs> hey everybody welcome to episode well i'm checking on that right now i don't have wiggins here to chime in and tell me what episode we're recording but uh, i think solstice slam was 127 so i believe we're on episode 128 of this glorious show that we call creative writing. Uh, I want to thank everybody for last week for uh, submitting some oh, just phenomenal material, phenomenal material for the Solstice Slam episode 127. And uh, I want to tell everybody out there we're going to be voting soon. We're going to be voting real soon. Uh, Wiggs is still uh, on his way back from Tennessee, and he was there for. Um, let me see. He was there for the Smoky Mountain Hog Owners Rally. He also rode 50s. I think he did some dirt biking. Um, he did a lot of a lot of cool stuff. He might even just went cruise and deals gap. Uh, but the thing is, he was out there having a lot of fun. And uh, I hope some of you guys ran into him. I know one of our patrons did. Uh, one of the supporters. He ended up uh, wigs ended up crashing at his house. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if if everybody that uh, supports us on Patreon gets that sort of treatment, or uh, you know, just here and there. But um, but yeah, he's out doing a lot of stuff. So I'm 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 alone in the studio, so we didn't vote on anything yet. But I'm sure he heard the submissions, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be pretty rad uh, figuring these things out and throwing knives to figure out who's gonna win the uh, patron supported. Um, Submission since the patrons uh, who pledge over a certain amount uh, get entered into this automatically without submitting anything. I won't call them cheaters because they support the show, but uh, I will say it's more of like a consolation prize pack for these guys. So, but a lot of them did submit, so you're, you're gonna get something regardless. <laughs> you don't get double, but you're gonna get something regardless. All right, let's get into this week in motorcycling. Uh, what happened this week? Lots of stuff happened. If you know about Wiggs, is that a town? Because he was racing at the uh, Smoky Valley Harley Hog. No, he was. <laughs> wow. He was um, racing at the Smoky Mountain Hog Rally this weekend. A lot of the California boys were up there, along with some of the East Coast hooligans doing some flat tracking on some red clay. Um, that looks like a lot of fun. We can't wait to get Wiggs back in the studio. Um, there was also some flat tracking that happened and, uh, the Kentucky three quarter mile, <laughs> I, 
I did not watch flat tracking this weekend. I'll tell you why in a minute. And there was also some road racing that went down. I think, well, of course, we know there's Isle of Man. I've been talking about that. Uh, Road America, there was some stuff that went down. Um, I was talking about that, I think. Did I already talk about that last weekend? I have no idea. But um, also... There was, I think, some MotoGP maybe happened. I don't know. Maybe it didn't. But also a lot of motocross. And, yeah. So we're going to talk about all of that and more right now. Uh, First thing on the docket, though. First thing I want to get into is some local news. Uh, I was listening to a radio station around here. And they were talking about... Yeah, stop that stupid music. They were talking about uh, offering 110% for your trade-in value on your Harley-Davidson. So it was a Harley Davidson dealership. I won't tell you any more than that. First thing, uh, uh, right off the out of the starting gate, I want to say, do you know what the value, what the trade-in value on your bike is? If you go to kvb.com or you go to Nada Guides, you know, and use the Nada Guides, I think it's Nada, maybe it's NadaGuides.com. Most of that stuff will have a like an MSRP for the year of your bike. It'll have a. Well, it'll have like a, it might even say personal slash private sale or something like that. And then it'll have a trade-in value and, or it'll have like dealership price and then it'll have a trade-in value in case you were selling it. Uh, so that way you know what to expect for if you're buying it from a dealership and you know what to expect if you're uh, selling it to a dealership. Now the, the trade-in value is far, far, far below what the actual like uh, private prices and they'll tell you right in you know right in there it'll tell you hey uh it's worth this much and this is what you can expect to get it if you try to sell it on you know craigslist or whatever you do so the fact that this harley davidson dealership is offering you 110 percent of trade-in value um you, you look at that and, and of course you look at the you go there and you look at the best possible you're like oh yeah my car's great my car or my bike awesome but that's you need to really look at the trade-in value because when you go in there, I know you're not looking at trade-in value. I know you're going there, you're entering your year, you're looking at the MSRP. Probably you're not even looking at private price. You're looking at like what the what uh, that bike new out of the showroom is still going to cost, um, or what a dealer is going to be selling it for, and you're looking at the best conditions. Now, granted, your bike is not in the best condition. Like 99% of cars and bikes do not make it into the excellent. So you're going to be looking at like good or fair, you know what I'm saying? So look at that and then slip on over to the trade-in value and you're going to see that 110% of the trade-in value isn't really that great. Better than something, but not totally great. All right, moving on. Uh, I did want to say that a couple weeks ago I heard the news that Cyril Hughes' blog was supposedly going away because old Cyril is battling a health issue right now. Um, and so, yeah, officially March 15th, or yeah, May, May 15th was the last day of posts on Cyril Hughes' blog. Um, if you go check it out, it's a, it's a pretty cool blog. It's got like a lot of cool stuff on it. And, um, you know, understandably, the guy has to step away. He's got health issues and he's got to take care of those. So if you're a blogger and there's a space open now, or, you know, there's a slot open in, in the blog space, motorcycle blog space, you go uh, try to get your foot in the door. Or if you're a freelancer, maybe, uh, I don't know if you might be able to submit to Cyril and get your stuff published on his blog. But uh, yeah, it's news. I know a lot of people read that blog and a lot of people paid attention to it, especially a show that rhymes with Blyle, Bly, Blably, Blow. And now I don't know what they're going to talk about. Like 90% of their um, content came from 
what what was on Cyril's blog. It's like before they went on air, they would check that. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was deep thoughts, thinking about stuff that Wiggins and I had talked about before in Moto America, why he didn't like the two race weekend versus like a flat track where you know who won and i was watching it this weekend i was watching bn sports usa has a youtube live stream that you could watch uh, american racing is really great so a couple weeks ago i think i mentioned or you know a couple shows ago i think i mentioned that i checked out um yeah i was watching the junior cup on there and racing was fan friggin' tastic and then also i got to see the crazy stuff that happened in the uh, super sport and the super stock classes got to see larry pegram out there still racing and josh hayes still out there racing and josh heron doing some really cool stuff um tony elias you know most i think he's the tony elias as of right now is the guy who's won the most uh races in the shortest amount of time or something like that so a lot of stuff happening and just really cool to be able to watch that two days in a row. Now, I missed Flat Track. I should have watched Flat Track Saturday and then skipped uh, Moto America until Sunday. And see, that's the great thing of having a two-day format. Flat Track, it's one and done. You miss it, you're, you're done. Especially now that Fans Choice has a, uh, a contract with MSNBC um, or CBSSN. I don't know, MSNBSR. Anyway, they have a they have a contract now, so they don't, you can't just go and like watch the mains anymore like you used to be able to. You got to wait until they come on air, and uh, that's kind of sucky. So I won't get to see the mains. I'll have to read about it. Um, but I did get to see Moto America, and there was also like Erzberg Rodeo going on this weekend. The Alaman was like halfway through this weekend. Um, There's a lot of motocross on this weekend from. I want to say Lakewood or something like that. So a lot of racing. Uh, was there even a MotoGP on this weekend? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, lots of lots of cool racing. So I really like the two-day format, actually. Um, and, and all the guys from Wisconsin and gals that rode out there to watch it had camping. And you can't – if you're going to be a racer or a camper, you don't want to go down for one day. You want to, you know, make it a weekend. And especially the racers. That way you get more seat time. Your sponsors get more air time. It's a win-win for everybody. And if you don't do so good, like we saw this weekend, some people did really, really well on Saturday and not so great on Sunday and vice versa. And so it was really, really cool uh, to see all that going down. Um, last thing I wanted to say is last week on the show, I mentioned safety and how we will deep dive this someday, but um, how we should dial it back. And I don't want to ramble on because I've, I've re-recorded this eight times because I start going off. But uh, there was a boxer um, or an MMA fighter on a local radio station this week. I think it was on 6-5, whatever day that was. And he was talking about how fisticuffs back at the turn of the century used to be more safe than uh, boxing is nowadays because bare-knuckle boxing – you know, you break your hand or something, you can't fight anymore. So the guys wouldn't punch as hard. So it did get bloody and it did look messy. And and, and every round, they would go like 80 rounds sometimes. Um, and every a round was when you fell down or like even if you slipped and fell so or got pushed down because they would kind of do push punches. Anytime you went down was a round. And uh, he was talking about how safety in boxing with all the traumatic brain injuries that are happening and the, the CET, I forget exactly what that stands for, but it's like, um, you know, the uh, the concussions that people are getting, concussion protocols from football to even automobile racing. They're trying to make safer helmets and do testing like the Caselli Foundation, I believe, uh, and Bell are trying to do stuff with rider 
um, inputs where they put these little sensors on riders and over the course of a, a moto, like a hair scramble, you get jostled around pretty good. Your little, uh, coconut gets, uh, wiggled a little lot in the helmet and the little bean inside the coconut gets wiggled even more. So they're trying to mitigate that stuff. But the sa- at the same time, just like bare knuckle boxing, where you don't punch quite as hard, wrap your hand in a, uh, you know, have a professional wrap it so it won't get hurt now and then put a pad on it. And now you're slugging people three times as hard. So not only like people's brains are just turning to mush. Look at Muhammad Ali. So it got me thinking about all the safety stuff on motorcycles and uh, everything that we've been talking about with um, automobiles and all the safety stuff coming on and how that's just segueing into uh, automatic driving basically and automatic riding and uh, i don't want that as much as i love technology and safety and stuff and i'm like at gat that's like the extent of my safety is the gear like at gat i don't care maybe make a gene so if i fall down and slide uh it can go for a little bit longer or it won't give me road rash you know what i'm saying like or put more kevlar in it i don't know but um yeah, don't dumb it down so that I don't have to think about it anymore, you know, and don't make it so safe that like this helmet can survive up to 125 mile an hour crash because then I'm going to be doing 125 everywhere I go. And then you're going to have to make a helmet that can go up to 140 because people are dying when you're going because they're going 120 everywhere. So I don't know. It's just it's that sort of thing. Build a better helmet and people will tackle harder. You know, it happened in football, it's happening in boxing, so it's happening in motorcycling. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> safety, uh, Bri Viffer sent me the video of the Rockets. You know, it's been out for a couple weeks now. And Bosch is working on a system where if he starts to slip and uh, Napoleon's fourth law, is that the guy who uh, created relativity? Where you slide out, centripetal force pushing you outwards, pff, this rocket pushes back in. And uh, Newton can suck it because Newton didn't know about these rockets that Bosch is working on. And it pushes right your bike back in line. The gyroscopic moment takes effect again and you're Bob's your uncle and you continue on. No more slipping and sliding in gravel. Um, also, KTM, the makers of dirt, ABS, and like traction control and IMUs on their t- stuff, they are having adaptive cruise control and blind spot detection coming out on future models. Um, so I saw that in the news, uh, some racing news, not Moto America related, but Moto GP related is I saw Danny Pedrosa is going to dump Honda after, gosh, I think it was, I think they said since 2002, he's been with them. Maybe it was even longer than that. Maybe it was, um, 2000, maybe it was, uh, 1892, but anyway, yeah, HRC and Danny Pedrosa, um, after 18 years, they're going to take a break from each other. Um, I forget how many he's had 31 victories. Um, I don't think he's ever got a championship, but I could be totally wrong about that. Um, but yeah, he joined Repsol Honda in 2006 and, uh, he's been with Honda on 125s and, uh, fifties and anything else he could touch the ground on. Uh, <laughs> short red joke, um, for a long time. So he's, he's ending that relationship. And so is Jorge Lorenzo. He's jumping over. I think, uh, Pedros is jumping over to Yamaha satellite team is what they speculate. And Lorenzo, I think, is ditching Ducati for, I'm guessing, Pedrosa's seat on Honda. So that'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, also, MV Agusta is coming back to MotoGP. So MotoGP is moving and shaking. It's going to be kind of cool. Um, spoiler alert, if you, you heard me just mention the Erzberg Rodeo, 
uh, happening this weekend. If you didn't get to see it, GeForce Jarvis, I believe, took the overall, which I've been watching some of his Instagram footage. If you go to his Instagram feed, you can see the sort of chaos that he had to go to to, to, to win, take the win. And it was his, it's his fourth, yeah, his fourth career win, I think, at Erzberg. And um, yeah, dude, it's nuts. Like they, they start out in this huge quarry and it's basically a race up and out of the quarry and they go back down in it a few times too. Like it's just nuts. If you've never seen the Erzberg Rodeo, you got to check it out. Uh, so that's really, really, really cool. If you want to check that on Red Bull uh, TV, I think you can. So that's racing in a nutshell. Hey, everybody. Just a reminder, Liza and Nick and Jim are going to be at Lucky Wheels this Saturday, 5 o'clock. Me and Wiggs are going to be there, too. Come look for the orange guy in a tunic. That's Wiggs. Hey everyone, this is Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. And when I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty, I like to listen to the Creative Writing Podcast because the best way to fight pain is with pain. All right, everybody. Now, with no further ado, let's get on to the second part of our show. everybody on tonight's show i have a special guest or two and these guys need no introduction but as a matter of fact some of you older listeners they don't need an introduction but some of you guys that haven't listened for a while this is uh the two guys from the podcast that i used to lovingly call stock versus squares and we know that it was really stock is for squares but uh it came out of my mouth wrong once, and I just had to go with it after that. Uh, on the line with me, yeah, on the That's line. Why no one was able to find us because <laughs> <laughs> they were listening to me to find out where to get you guys at. Exactly. So on the line, I have the uh, Slade and Stretch. How's it going, buddy? Not hello, bad. Hello. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Nice. Yep, that fantastic is a is a it's just a trademark Slade thing to say. Everything was always fantastic. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that about myself. <laughs> well, Never noticed that. Yeah. Now I, I'm all self conscious. Yeah, I had a I had a listener uh, point out the fact that I say like uh, about forty thousand times, and then I like say it all the time now. <laughs> so it's like well, oh. in California, so it's to be expected. Yeah, I know. I don't spend enough time at the beach to justify any of that, but uh, I guess I do say it a lot. Well, yeah. 
hey, you guys had an award-winning show. You guys, uh, you guys traveled. Well, at least Stretch did. You guys traveled to WIR, and uh, I just got through talking about those guys. Uh, how we used to be mm-hmm. so pumped on them, and then I started cursing them. So we kind of dropped out of it. I just got a co-host <laughs> last year too, and uh, we didn't really talk about drag racing that much. But we're we're gonna get back in it hard this year. And so far, they had a good pass. We talked about it, and and no bad juju was thrown out there but stretch actually traveled to uh to waukesha and uh hung out with the crew and then you guys both met uh the guys from uh roadkill and they got i think they have a stock is for square sticker on one of their cars uh they did for a minute it was a magnet (laughs) oh dr dr singsheim like did some uh, sneaky moves and got up close enough to throw our magnet on there nice I get it. I get it. So then after that, they realized that they probably just junked it and they're like, who did this? (laughs) But, (laughs) but no, unless, uh, unless things I'm stole it back. Cause those things were valuable. Yeah, they are. They were like gold, internet gold for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a challenge, uh, prize for doing something ridiculous. I can't remember what it was that he won. Doing something cooler than everybody else and taking pictures of it. Yeah. You may have been the, I don't remember. Yeah. There's a lot of good You guys did. You had a lot of gr- great challenges, as like the burnout challenge and the wheelie challenge and, I don't know, ride naked through town. Probably not in, in uh, Utah, but the, uh, everybody else. <laughs> you know, you, you guys, that's what I love, too, is the challenges. They really engaged people, and you could see on your guys' uh, page, Facebook page, just everyone's like, yes, dude, what's the next challenge? So it actually inspired me and my co-host to start doing challenges, too. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, no, you guys ha- always had good ideas, and I was like, man, I need to uh, contract you guys as my like, uh, I don't know what we would call that, you know, marketing uh, challenge, marketing directors, and you guys could sit there and come up with uh, strategic ways to engage people that would get them get them out and riding and taking pics of it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Send, send over the paperwork. Um. So. <laughs> You guys were you guys had such a great pod and and I loved every time we'd hook up it was it was so much fun. I feel like the podcast got a little bit splintered since those days. Like back then it was a little bit more we kind of all started roughly the same time so we kind of all it was like mm-hmm. going through school together with your buddies. And then you guys done moved away and you guys got accepted to college and the rest of us are sitting around picking our noses. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? Oh man, it's been years, hasn't it? So let's see. Year and a half. So I want to go back during while we did our podcast. I was actually living in my in-laws' basement because I was finishing school. So we were there, and I had finished school right after we had quit the podcast. Actually, I needed to focus on it to to complete it. So that's kind of why I had told Stretch. I was like, "Look, I've got to take a break from this because I can't get anything done." I got everything done, but then Stretch goes along and and, uh, registers for school right after I graduate. So the podcast just kind of, it's been, it's been kind of down the list. Yeah. Yeah. We always talk about starting it up again, but since then, uh, I slayed, I have gotten two promotions at work. I moved twice. I moved back into my house that I owned that I was renting out while I was finishing school. And then I bought a new house because now I have like a thousand kids and didn't have room anymore. Doing that Utah woman thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is Utah. So. Is it a compound? You got like a house next to a house next to a house? Oh, for sure. Yeah, compound, like underground bunker kind of stuff. But 
I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> right. That's uh, I, I edited that part out. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. Um, uh, I had, Ooh, we'll probably want to talk about this in, in more detail, but I had a pretty bad dirt bike crash last summer, mm. you, you know, broken bones and, and surgeries and whatnot. So yeah, this fool decided it was a cool thing to go ride by himself out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's one of those classic stories, but it's funny the time you like, you could do the craziest stuff in a group, but the one time you go off alone is like when, when the bad stuff happens, huh? That, exactly. Let's. Yeah. We might as well just talk about it now. Why sure. wait? Hey, and let's preface this with saying that it, it's not like you were a spring chicken. You used to race MX or something, right? For a little bit. Yeah, yeah I raced arena cross, and um, those were the days. Those were the days. I mean, we had uh, we we hit the Nitro Circus's freestyle ramps that they would leave around in Salt Lake because they they have a pretty big. They used to have a pretty big presence here. And we found out one of their hidden little compounds and, and learned how to hit freestyle ramps. And so I've done crazy things in, in my past. Now, as an adult, I've realized I need to kind of tone it down for my family. You know, I've got a I've got responsibility. <laughs> right. So I went and got a, uh, a beta like enduro bike a couple years ago to try to keep the wheels on the ground. But it go those things go like 100. <laughs> what? And um, so this is what happened. It's it's one of those stories that. You just, the first sentence, you know, it's going to go bad. I was all alone. I was all alone dirt biking because no one could go. I was supposed to meet someone that canceled last minute. And so I, I went all anyway. Yeah. Like <laughs> and I, there's, was there's a stretches, the stretches, famous songs that he used to do in every episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a song for everything. <laughs> so, so I get out to the West Desert here in Utah and park my truck. And I was like, I'm alone. I know this is dumb. Uh, I'm going to take it easy. So I was taking it easy, I thought. I was going up little knolls. I did a couple of little uh, rock drops, like 10, 15 foot cliff drops down the hills and stuff, which I knew was pushing it. But I felt like I was being safe. Then, about 30 miles away from my truck, I came across a road that was really well groomed and it was pretty straight, just kind of windy. And so I was like, oh, this is a safe place that I can test, you know, see how close to 100 I can get on my bike, on my beta. That always sounds like a great idea. Right. So I took off and, you know, there'd be little bends and then I'd just rail on it until the next corner. And, you know, you know that rule, don't go over anything you can't see, um, what's on the other side and, you know, that all those kinds of things. Common sense. Common sense things. I'm not, I haven't been known for my common sense, but I feel like I've developed some. (laughs) You're definitely more at the uh, brain power side of. I'm really good at taking tests. People think I'm smart because I'm good at taking tests, but I just, I'm just not really. (laughs) But um, so I came to a a a pretty fast straight, and I could see there was a little hill in it, but I could see beyond the hill that the road kept going. So I just railed it, and I had just kissed 90 miles an hour and crested that little hill, and right over this hill there was a 90 degree turn like a little loop in the road that went around and over a ravine and then back up and then rode up up the next hill lined up perfectly so i thought it was just one fast straight road and there was a little uh, a ravine with a 90 degree turn in it and i was going 90 so i locked up the wheels and uh and uh don't really know what happened after that i know i fell on my right side because i tore my rotator cuff fractured my elbow a couple hand bones in my hand and uh, did something weird to my knee and my foot. A bunch of a list of stuff happened. 
I got it. It was a cold day. So I was I was bundled up. Oh right, so you you were like a little bit puffy, like that kid in uh, Christmas Story. Christmas Story, exactly. <laughs> I, that's I, that's what I, put like. I had like three pairs of pants on, and then like, yeah, I don't even know how many. Plus my big Carhartt over the top of everything. So were, thank goodness, I think that held me together. Yeah, you were at Gat times three. <laughs> yeah, at Gat. At Gat. I ended up having to get some, uh, <laughs> yes, all the gear at the time. But, um, so anyway, hey, I got, yeah, a, I, 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 I got screws and, oh no, it was, so it was serious, serious. It wasn't just like fracture, fracture. It was, it was, uh, it were just fractures, but there was one called a Bennett's fracture, which is a weird one on your thumb where it goes the lengthways and then your tendons keep pulling it apart so it won't heal. Yeah. So they had to screw it together, but as in it won't bend it there anymore. Uh, exactly. And side note, my middle name is Bennett. Nuh-uh. Yep. We you got Named the, after you got the Slade fracture. Listen, I gotta yep. ask the really really important question. Um, Go for it. How's the bike? Oh, it was sad. It was, uh, you know, actually surprisingly for how fast I was going, it was just cosmetic mostly. I had to replace some hand guards and, uh, I ended up just kind of zip tying, you know, like, like drift spec repairs on the, on the plastics, on the rear fender. What the subframe is broken and, uh, they're, they're like composite, which basically is just plastic. They say composite to make you feel better about it, but it's plastic <laughs> yeah. and I cannot find it's a, it's a composite material, right? It's made out of a couple different things and <laughs> whatever. It's not carbon fiber. But... Well, you would know about that, but. It's plastic, and uh, so that's I haven't replaced that yet. But uh, I've ridden it a couple of times. I'm not 100 percent yet. I don't have the extension, so I'm gonna wait till next year, and then we'll fix it all up. Yeah. How many? How many? (laughs) How many months ago was that? Was that you said over the summer? So has it been almost a year? Well, it was October of last year. Oh, October. Okay. You might have noticed I got real quiet on on Facebook. I used to kind of be a loud mouth on there. <laughs> I got real quiet. <laughs> and it's not because you couldn't, didn't want to be, it's because you couldn't type anymore, right? And No, no, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just like your, uh, your perspective and your focus changes a little bit when something like that happens. <laughs> Man. And I just didn't want to get on for a while, but I've been, I've been warming back up to it. Nice. You know, I'm a flaming nice. libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> man well hey i'm glad that you didn't say i got rid of it my wife made me get rid of it and then i sold all my bikes yeah that's how we roll that's the cool thing like my wife totally understands the the thing and uh she didn't even consider making me she didn't even consider that i might even consider stopping so she's she's cool with it yeah that is one of the things she said attracted me to her when we first started hanging out when we were in high school so i was winning arena cross races she liked that about she me likes the danger zone the danger zone <laughs> hey listen arena cross went away man well at least at least the failed version of it i guess there might be another uh, company that can kick it around and maybe revive it but uh, yeah the arena cross has uh, had its last race in the u.s this year oh man so no more slade no more future slades until somebody else picks up the series Oh wow! Well, 
What hey, can you do? Yeah. Listen, those those betas too, those are pretty sick little bikes. And I remember when you got it, you guys were making some YouTube stuff. Uh, if you guys want mm-hmm. to check out uh, their old podcast, you can also check out uh, – was it just Stock is for Squares on YouTube or was it uh, – did it have its own it's name? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like we, we were trying to start a web – like a web series called The Pursuit of Brappiness, which I'm extremely fr- – extremely proud of that name but uh the, the videos they just there's something you know you can't just do whatever you want on youtube there's a formula and we just haven't quite you know, figured the whole thing out a lot of it was like you look at the videos now and a lot of the guys like they have a lot more like intro they talk about what they're doing they make it more interesting with like what they're saying it's not just all just like action clips and a lot yeah. of our stuff is we didn't really care to talk to the camera and let you know what was going in like we didn't tell a story at all it was all just like, let's go. Right. Yeah, it was all filler, no yeah. filler, I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, kids nowadays, too, they have like 85 drones and three friends riding in like vans to get the foot. It's like it's like they yeah. everybody's a little Ron Howard nowadays out there, no matter if you're on the street or in the desert or what, you know. Exactly. Speaking of Ron Howard, you watch season five of Arrested Development? No. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I haven't even. Um, hey guys, don't spoil it. I haven't even finished season one yet. Ouch! Are you get out of town, <laughs> man? Get out of here! That's a great one. I'm gonna start um, Game of Thrones after I finish Arrested Development. So don't ruin it for me. There okay. You go. I don't know about the throne stuff, but yeah, I haven't gotten Arrested that. Development was great. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it on. Uh, TV about a hundred years ago, and then uh, I heard it came back. It was ahead of its time. Yeah, oh yeah, all that good stuff was. And Game of Thrones. And there's so many good shows now that that people who weren't into the first series at the time they probably won't like it. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. Like I feel like Always Sunny in Philadelphia was around forever too, and I don't know if that's on anymore. But it's one of those shows that like had the super cult following, and it was really good and really well written. And then. Years down the line, somebody catches on, and that is what revives the show. Is that somebody goes back, yeah. like uh, Roseanne? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we better better hurry. I already took my Ambien for the night. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know we're in California, where they're a little touchy about that kind of. Thing. Yeah, you're not allowed to take <laughs> opioid stuff like that. So, but yeah, uh, I hate to correct you on that, but it's actually a benzo. Oh, it's not a benzo. I've been out of the pharmacy game for too long. Sorry. Yeah, it's what, not an open what do you uh, you? I know when you were uh, we're talking to uh, an ex arena cross guy who turned out to be one heck of a pharmacist and is uh, like you said pretty smart and, unless it comes to uh, common sense of being out with without the buddy system out in the middle of the desert. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <summary> there. yeah, <laughs> so so what are you doing now? Are you at liberty to say what your uh, current employment is? I always am at liberty to do whatever I want. Because you're a libertarian? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, uh, I still work at Detroit Diesel. Um, I uh, I used to build turbos there. That's where I started. And I think that's what I was doing when we started the podcast. And then I've, I've kind of climbed the ladder a little bit. Right. So I'm a uh, supervisor now, but I'm still at the same company. I totally thought that was a strip club. But, oh, that's right. You built diesel uh, stuff. <laughs> yep. Climb the ladder? You mean the pole? Yeah, at Detroit <laughs> Diesel. Detroit <laughs> Diesel. <laughs> and uh, Stretch, what have you been up to, man? You guys, and when you, uh, I mean, Slade went back to school. He learned. He learned something. Apparently, what what have you been up to? 
So when we went off, I uh, I had started school, uh, thinking that would be awesome. And <laughs> school's out, always awesome. <laughs> yeah, it turns out I'm still doing it, and I've got like oh, what's how much do I have left? If I do one class a month from here on out, I'll finish next November. So, I mean, I've still got quite a bit to do, and that'll be to my bachelor's degree, and I'm probably going to continue on to the, the MBA. But uh, The NBA? Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Stretch is like almost seven feet tall. I know you didn't say <laughs> NBA, but you're, you are tall enough to be a basketball player. For sure, yeah. I, I played my fair share of college basketball. I, I lived that life, and, you know, motorcycles are just more fun, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. You can't ride a basketball at uh, 90 miles an hour. No, you can't. It's not not all that fun. Um, so basically, I, I went back to school, uh, got really busy with that, but then I had a, a number of other like family things come up. Uh, I had some plans to like go back to WIR again, hang out with all those guys and whatnot, but my wife, uh, she ended up uh, having bipolar syndrome, which... Or is it syndrome? Is that how you say it? She's, she's, she's is bipolar. bipolar. Yeah. I think so. I, I will remain silent. My wife may be close by, but yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's it's a rough deal. Um, it, it turned our life upside down, to be quite honest with you, trying to do that and deal with the depression and the bipolar stuff. And, um, you know, it sucks. I know you got a lot of people listening to the show now and whatnot, but like, Man, you guys, you got to take it serious when people have that going on. Yeah. And uh, it's, it, it really sucks, and I, I wish no one had to deal with it. I don't suffer from any kind of depression and stuff like that. I'm just a jolly green giant, so <laughs> it's, I'm all good. But, yeah, for, for people that have to deal with that, I really feel for them. And so yeah. um, we've been battling with that. We've got it figured out for the most part, and she's doing awesome now. But, nice. Uh, that took like almost all of last year was just a constant struggle. So yeah, that was kind of a, a sucky downer deal that I fought through last year. But in the midst of all that, um, I was promoted at work like Slade because we're really cool like that, and we're climbing that pole. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> you know? You're both working so. nights. I mean, uh, working the lead shift at Detroit Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah, so I work at a place called Radius Engineering. It's a, a we're a machine manufacturer that makes uh, carbon fiber machines. Or how would you say that? I I have a hard time explaining it sometimes. Our, they make the machines that that make, big companies use to mass produce carbon fiber parts, like yeah. bike frames and airplane parts. Right, yeah. rad. Yeah. So, can you tell us if BMW has <laughs> sent you any orders for? Uh, machinery or is that off limit is that top secret so we we don't do a lot of automotive stuff there's only one automotive thing that we've ever looked at and it was for wheels Mm -hmm. oh Um, yeah for sure right um it's all aerospace um because they have the deep pockets that can afford our fancy machines and so that's pretty much what i've been doing i became a purchasing agent so I sit at a desk now. I've also gained 30 pounds. So. Yeah, that, that'll happen. That happened to me. The <laughs> second you sit down in that chair, man, it's just like... It's all over. Yeah. I thought about going vegan, but then I, I remembered how lame that is. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, Slade, are you still vegan, man? I I am. Nice. I am. It's mostly just in, it's just from my distilled hate of the state now. Yeah. Tell, tell them about the blood tests. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Dang it. Stretch got a lot of satisfaction out of this, but after uh, last year, I told you I moved twice, had my big crash, got two promotions. It was a stressful year, and I had another baby all in one year. So I started getting really sick, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong, so I went to a naturopathic doctor like a vegan mite. And... Uh, <laughs> Some blood tests, and I'm like replete with glyphosate, which is basically Roundup. So basically, I'm eating too many vegetables. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> so Stretch got a lot of satisfaction out of that. They, but, uh, when your blood drips on an insect, it just immediately dies, or like on a weed, I guess, huh? like on the grass, the grass just like shrivels up, right? Where you're exactly, yeah. <laughs> I like, can't keep my lawn green. It's a lot of trouble. So you're not an organic vegan then. <clears throat> no, I try to be. I'm really. I mean, if you see pictures of me, I'm not. I'm kind of fat. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm kind of a junk food vegan. Yeah, but I try to be better. The lack. I of, eat bro- nothing but broccoli for lunch every day. So. Yeah, the lack of protein in your diet will do that too. Uh, ironically, will make you fat by not eating. Okay, protein. I want to say this. I want to say this. <laughs> Plants have protein, and the building block blocks of protein. They don't. <laughs> they don't have the branch chain amino acids that protein has. They have amino acids. They have everything. But you need to eat five thousand of them to get the what you can get out of one disgusting chicken nugget. I want to check your sources on that. <laughs> I know chicken nuggets aren't even chicken. I know what they are. I know they're just a bunch of wood glue and breading. Come on. Wood glue and feathers and bones. <laughs> no. No, yeah. I uh I, I still do it, but I'm not I'm not as uh yeah. It's mostly just to be uh, being obstinate now. Can you come breathe on my uh backyard for me, would you? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that causes some weird health problems, so I've been uh, I've been dealing with that and getting that out of my system. Yeah. That that's a whole nother funny podcast that I want to do in the future because I used to be pretty into health and fitness and yeah, I, I laugh. I'm getting a good laugh out of all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, so both you guys got promoted. I'm really proud of you. Um, I'm sad that it stole you away from the podcast and stretch. No joke, right? Yeah, you got a long way to go still, bud. But listen here, I if they said if I go to school, what was it? I think if I did school uh, four times a week, every week, like all 52 weeks of a year for the next, I think it was three and a half years, uh, I'll finally graduate fifth grade, and then I can just start looking, you know, then I can <laughs> move on up. So you're way ahead of the game. Just keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I will. Uh, you know, some of the, the cool things that we've done since the podcast was left off. Uh, I finished my my truck, my C1500. Um, hundred's the cool way to say it because you got to be a little redneck where we're at. But uh, it's lowered. It's, it's fast-ish. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I, I finished that. Well, for the most part, it's a project. It's never finished, right? But uh, I got it to where, you know, I can go to the drive-in with the family and we can go hot rod around and do burnouts and whatnot. Rad. Uh, uh, as far as what else we do, I've done SEMA again since then. SEMA last year was awesome. I took David, the diamond smuggler, and uh, 
we checked out SEMA. I got to talk to a whole bunch of cool people. The, the coolest person I talked to there um, was uh, Fred and Dave from Dirt Every Day. Dude, I love that company. show. I love Dirt and Every Day. are just as funny in real life as they are on the show. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like, they're so down to earth and just fun to hang out with. We sat there and talked with them for a good 20 minutes just hanging out at the show. And nice. uh, really, really cool people. I can't say it enough, though. When you go to places like that, you see all the people that you see on TV um, and go talk to them. I have never uh, met anybody that I had seen on TV in the car world that I didn't like. Like, I, you sit there and talk with them. There's most of the time, well, every time I've talked to them, they've all been the most genuine people ever. It's really cool in the car world how everybody's like that. It's true. Yeah. Like we had, we just got back from LS Fest earlier in May, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a ton of that going on. But if, if you watch the Hoonigan show, they do their daily transmission and all that kind of stuff. Those guys are just like that in real life. Like they're hilarious 100% of the time. Yeah. Here's something. We tried to film it. But he wouldn't let us. Zach, <laughs> Zach from the Hoonigans comes cruising over on a one wheel. It's like a little one wheeled skateboard thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, he falls over, and so I get out my phone, and I'm like, you know, kind of laughing at him. He's like, no, 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 no. And then he he like ran away. From, yeah. How did that go? That's so, the whole story. So There's he biffs it, and we're all laughing, and we're like having a good time with him, talking for a bit, and then he's trying to get back on it and ride away, but he can't. And so I'm like, oh, wait, this is too good. I got to get this on film. He, he picks it up. He's like, ain't happening, and went and ran away. <laughs> pretty, pretty comical. But they're, those guys are really a, a fun group to be around. Yeah. For some reason, people in the automotive world are just so relaxed and so chill with everybody yeah. that they, they really know how to um, – I don't know how to say that. They're, they're cool people. Well, they're really good people. Yeah, I mean, they've got to be. Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you, you always hear about, you know, meeting the people you see on TV and they're, you meet them in real life and they're just a bunch of stuck up jerks or whatever and they're all disappointing. But these people are great. Right. So, you know what's funny too is that uh, you realize that those guys aren't millionaires. Like they, you love the show that they put on and it takes a mm-hmm. whole crew of people to make it look like that and make it look that fun and camera guys here and there. And then at the end of the day, they go home and they got stuff that they can't afford that they want to work on too. You know what I mean? Like, uh, no joke. I see it on, I see it on like dirt every day and I see it on roadkill and I see it on, uh, two wheel, like, um, you know, all the two wheel stuff, like the cycle world show, uh, on two wheels and, uh, all Mm -hmm. the Zach and Ari stuff they do. And I think the only guys that really probably make a bajillion bucks and it's not from cars, it's probably from their, uh, promotion and other work as TV personalities is the dudes from, uh, Top Gear or now Grand Tour, you know what I mean? Like those guys were kind of big deal before they got into all that stuff. So these other guys are kind of low key, laid back, you know, just one of us doing their doing the job they get paid to do. But they still they're not millionaires and they don't have like every single car they, you know, those cars are like the property of the show for the most part. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It's awesome. cool to see uh, to meet those guys in person and just realize they're like everyday Joe. Like when people meet mm-hmm. me, they tend to like offer me change, like spare change. I'm like, I'm not a hobo, guys. I'm the host of the show. 
<laughs> so <laughs> super down to earth. Yeah, like, can I buy you a coffee? I'm like, come on, man. But um, <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, and Slade, you you guys actually had I don't remember whose it was, but you guys were working on a little cafe racer uh, for the duration of the show that you guys actually entered in a in a show once, and you guys you know had a lot of fun on. Do you guys still have that thing? So do you get? Do you remember? Uh, Tom G, Tom Gutierrez. Oh, yeah. Being on the show. We called him Desmo. Yeah. Mr. Desmo. So I built the 1980, I think it was a 1980. Man, it's been a while. 1982. 82? Was it? I can't remember. Anyway, it's a Yamaha 11, XS1100. Um, I ended up finishing it, and it turned out great. Um, it didn't, I've been able to ride wheelies on it and stuff it's it's a pretty fun bike um i like uh there's a lot of people that are like oh you can't wheelie that bike it's a shaft drive bike whatever i uh, know you can still wheelie them there it's awesome <laughs> good but, to know uh, i got a shaft drive yeah. i'm working on that i was wondering the same thing because i've never oh yeah dude. yeah i've never wheelied a shaft drive bike before yeah man it's it's possible definitely go for it just uh give her the beans and drop that clutch magical things happen. treat it like it's got a chain right right on mm. hey guys give so me think- give me one sec i gotta close the door real quick to block out some sound hang on one sec i'm gonna pause this well, actually i've already talked over this part let me just uh, leave it ro- rolling <laughs> <laughs> might as well All right. Sorry about that. I heard, I could hear my kids like slamming the door and I'm in the garage, but I could hear them doing all sorts of stuff out. I was like, what are they doing? So it's funny. It's magic how sensitive microphones can be, you know? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Magical. So we're all familiar with that. Yeah. And also, uh, so, Hey, it's good to know that, uh, my, I'm not gonna pull the uh, the shaft out of this thing, and it's just gonna look like a a metal, um, like a drill bit, like just twisted up inside the the tube. <laughs> well, we're not gonna, we're not well, gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> but it should <laughs> ride away. How many how many CCs you got in that bad thing? It's uh, five fifty. Five fifty. Okay, I was dealing with double, so yeah, uh, <laughs> you might need a little more. I don't know. We'll see. Pop the clutch on it and see what it see what she does. But it's a big five fifty, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a tough five fifty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say about Taylor too. Yeah, I know. He yeah, really he, that at all. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> you're little, but you're you're a lot of little. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say about me. I'm Three foot three, three eighty. So I'm I'm a square. I'm almost a square. <laughs> there you go. So I did finish the XS. It turned out really nice. Uh, we painted it with the GTR paint color because that's what Tom wanted. The GTR gray um, from Nissan um, turned out really good. I am a terrible fabricator sometimes, and not I don't have the most finesse in the world. So when I sealed up the tank with my really poor welds, um, we sealed it, and then we thought it was all good. Turned out there were some pinholes in it. Gas bubbled the paint on the tank, 
And so that's being fixed right now. But other than that, the bike turned out great. It hauls butt. It, uh, I took it to Laughlin uh, to do the river run last year, and that thing scoots. I, I, there wasn't anything that could keep up with me on the road down there. I mean, you're all Harleys and stuff down there, so I was the odd man out, but I was I was flying on that thing. It was so much fun. Yeah, and, and inline four, right, uh, 1100, you're going to smoke any V-twin 1100. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I had it straight piped. Oh, for all those people out there listening, too, that are like, you can't do pod filters and straight pipe a, a bike. You know, it doesn't ever work. You can't jet it right and all that BS. It's totally doable. I've done it. It's awesome. It takes a little work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I hear it all the time. There's always that argument on the the interwebs because the internet's always right, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's totally doable. If you if you wanted to put some air in that thing and get fuel into it, there's a way to do it. Uh, One of the ways is through pinholes in the tank too. I mean, that'll work if you want to. Well, you can get fuel out that way, you know. Excellent flow. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) It's all doable. Yeah, it's not just doable, like, throw it on there and just hope for the best. A lot of research goes into it. Every bike's different. Yeah. Rad. Um, Yeah, and speaking of research and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with that, you guys used to put out some of the most fabulous, I won't say groundbreaking, but uh, there's a a, uh, lot of research that went into your guys' shows, and you covered some crazy topics that hadn't been touched in quite a while by – uh, a lot of other shows. I think there's some YouTube channels that are coming Ooh. up now, like Donut Media and stuff, that are kind of going back over the ground that you guys covered. But you guys had like a lot of cool stuff. Everything from a t- like I didn't know that there was a difference between a, t- a twin screw turbo and just like a twin turbo. You know what I mean? Like you guys really schooled me on a lot of stuff and diesel and all that great stuff and how motors actually work. And uh, yeah, I'm really missing. I-, I wish you guys were still on the air to to do that but uh i feel i felt like a couple about we're on episode 128 now so episode 70 which is not quite half the distance uh we had i had a very super intelligent scientist but he works on stuff from like other planets and like stuff from just weird time space continuums that don't even exist yet. And he was telling me, you know, don't you, yeah, he was like talking about pouring corn syrup in the gas tank. Well, not, not to pour corn syrup in the gas tank and don't use vegetable oil in your forks and all these crazy things. But the reason I wanted to have you guys on this week's show is because for that episode, we had, had some legit people asking about power adders and things like that. And I did them a misfortune of not, covering it then and i figure it's been about a year it's i think i owe them (laughs) so it's been maybe even over a year i kind of owe them um so i kind of wanted to have you guys on you guys know all the crazy stuff you guys you guys put rocket fuel in your beta i'm guessing 90 miles an hour is no uh no small feat (laughs) on that thing and we may not know everything but we've we've dabbled We've, we've dabbled in things, you know, there's Dabble. always someone out there that's proven something wrong and things progress and whatnot, but 
we'll, we'll give her a shot. What what kind of questions were they asking? Okay, well, the first one was basically just a, a question of power adders. Like, what? I don't even know what power adders are. I looked it up. I did a quick. Here's my research. I did a quick internet search about 15 minutes before coming on with you guys. I saw Gatorade listed. Electrolytes are apparently really good power adders, but I don't know if I'm going to go pour Gatorade <laughs> into my carburetor. And uh, yeah, yeah, other stuff from. Uh, I don't know, just crazy fuel that sounded like it was homemade on someone's farm out of corn and vegetable fats. And then uh, other stuff that was like totally nitro top dragster mumbo jumbo that I didn't even understand. And so here I am calling you guys begging. Can you first off tell me what a power adder is? Well, yes. So power adders, basically you got your naturally aspirated motors, engines, whatever. When you buy a motorcycle, technical about. Yeah, when you buy a motorcycle off the sh- the showroom floor, generally it's going to be pretty mild tune, pretty uh it's it's unless I mean there's a couple of exceptions but it's going to be naturally aspirated. That means it doesn't have a power adder yet. Yeah. So basically anything power adder is something that pushes more air and more fuel or a different type of fuel into your motor to release bald eagles and all kinds of awesomeness like that. Um, <laughs> Stars and stripes so, start shooting at the tailpipes. Exactly. You, you, you got it down for sure. Nice. You get the picture. Yep. So, I mean, you got your, your basics of uh, superchargers and turbochargers. Those are like your, your big ones. And then you got the, the wild card of nitrous. Um, chemical power adder. Yeah, exactly. And so those are, I, I would say those are the big three. And then there's a lot of variations of each of those. Yeah, there's, it's all the same idea. It's basically getting as much oxygen and fuel moving through your engine. And there's a lot of ways that you can accomplish that. So any, anything that you add to your, to your bike, it's going to be called a power adder. Nice. So literally anything that adds power. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> hey guys, real quick, let me pause it. I'm not the mood. But a person needs new experiences. I'm not the mood. But a person needs new experiences. I'm not the mood, but a person needs new experiences. I'm not the mood, but a person needs new experiences. Alrighty, we are back with uh, Stretch and Slade. We gotta take a quick momentary break. Guys, you know how it is. Steve the neighbor gets drunk tries to come into the wrong house. You have to go beat him off with a stick. And uh, <laughs> so sorry about that. We left off. <laughs> we left, yeah, you know, it happens every, like, every other weekend. So uh, Yeah, I've got Steve. Yeah, yeah. I think we've all got it. Just like you guys told me about State Street, I think everybody's got the Steve in their neighborhood. Um, yeah, yeah. 
you know, Steve has had a few power adders himself, I might add. So uh, he was pretty pretty feisty tonight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> so power adders are what they sound like. They're just stuff that uh, mechanically or or uh, chemically boosts the power going into your motor. And I think you guys were just about to talk. You guys mentioned uh, like turbos and and uh, fuel additives or, or fuel itself. Uh, fuel additives, fuel types. I mean, there's all kinds of fuels. I mean, like, um, I don't know if you guys follow, uh, a lot of drag racing stuff, but there's like, there's a ton of different types of fuels out there. A lot of different types of, um, additives you can put in them. A lot of them are running ethanol variations, which is a corn based fuel that boosts just alcohol and it's garbage. Yeah, it's garbage, <laughs> but it puts out a lot of power. Yeah. I like to think of it like this. You can think about Steve, the neighbor. There's lots of different ways he could have added power. He could have eaten his vegetables, gotten his appropriate <laughs> nutrients, and work out, exercise really hard, and naturally, you know, over time, he becomes stronger and, and healthy. Or he but Steve, just, as yeah. we know, probably isn't going to do that, and he just takes meth. Yes, <laughs> pretty much is the meth for your bike, right? Does it does it ruin your bike's teeth? Actually, yeah, your bike's teeth toast. <laughs> because but, you know, um, funny you should mention that because I think Syncsime tried E eighty five last year uh, or something like that. Yeah, I think it was E eighty five, and it literally corroded the um, the gasket around his the the cap to his tank, and then. I don't know if it like spilled out or something, but it, he said it also like ate the paint. You know what I'm saying? Like it is, it is the meth yeah. for your bike. It is terrible. Messed up his bike's grill. Yeah, for sure. He he. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It it, it it he said it ran like crazy though. He did say that like it just just like meth. He said that it was crazy fast and and it uh, didn't seem to eat up any of the rubber like the uh, injectors and stuff but boy the the gaskets and stuff like that yeah toast yeah yeah yeah. ethanol can be extremely hard on fuel systems and and i do recognize that that uh there are proper ways to set up and and kind of combat against the problems with ethanol and people do get really good results from it so there is that to note yeah for sure you can get some serious serious power out of a lot of ethanol it takes a lot of ethanol to make power well, well, ethanol actually is um, is less energy dense than gasoline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, for some reason, I don't know. What, I don't. I think it's just because you can fit more oxygen in with it or something. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of performance. I don't know what there is, is uh, above our pay grade for today. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, that's why. Uh, that's why I wanted you guys on the show because heck, I. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even have come to that conclusion. I, I did watch a show or, or something on grassroots motorsports where these guys at a tuning company uh, took three different fuels to see what was the best. And it, it is, you know, E85 worked the best. And it was something like they could raise the compression crazy because of what you stated. I think you could fit more um, fuel in there and so or something like that so you could like raise the compression really high because it didn't there was like less air to compress or something like that i i I forget what the whole thing was but yeah they had to like set up and tune it for that gas yeah yeah you can run you can advance the timing way way more because it's uh it's it raises the octane like the octane equivalent i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's literal octane but it kind of has that same anti-knock effect so you can 
really raise up that compression and advance the timing. Yeah. On another wise, you know, if you ran it on gasoline, you wouldn't be able to go that that much. But right. Hey, uh, quick aside too. Um, did you guys know that nitrous Chris? You know, he uses nitrous, which is obviously crazy power adder. Um, mm-hmm. Does that do the same sort of thing? Before I tell you what he was going to do, because uh, it turns out he was he had an ace up his sleeve. But um, what does nitrous do? Nitrous is uh, more oxygen dense. The, the nitrous oxide is the, the complete name for it. It's more oxygen dense than the air from outside. So you're just in the same amount of space. You're getting a lot more oxygen in so you can add a lot more fuel. Okay, I see. So what it, what it does is that it allows you to add. It's not necessarily a power adder. It allows you to do the, a different ratio of, you know, or, or, or increase the ratio that you're like uh, flowing through or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, something like that. Because then it sounds like you got to get bigger injectors if you're going to run nitrous oxide too, right? Yeah, yeah, and they usually have their own injector. It's uh, um, usually you have to add more fuel while you're running it, and uh, they have its own injectors injections. There's a few different ways to inject the nitrous into the system, and there you can do crazy stuff with it. I mean. Um, you see the nitro funny cars and stuff that go down the drag strip and do crazy uh, mile an hour and ETs and here's, stuff. Here's a question, Stretch, and I, yeah. I actually ha- know nothing about those nitro funny cars. Is nitro, when they say nitro, that's not nitrous, is it? Nitrous oxide? That's not what they're talking about. I thought it was. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. That Again, above the but pay grade today. I, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. You're definitely You're crazy, cool. but you also don't know about uh, funny cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, stretch sounds sure, so we'll go for it. You got me questioning myself now, though. Well, why would they when, say nitro? Because it could be nitromethane or something, right? Or it could be like yeah, any yeah, sort of yeah. uh, any sort of nitro recipe. There, I'm gonna have to look into that mm-hmm. for later. Yeah, let's let's get that yeah. one out. When there. old Steve comes over on his when he's on his nitromethane, I'm gonna give him an old shot of the nitro right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's another, this brings me down. I need to write some notes down here for a future episode. Cause I recently was looking at the compression ratios of, I'm sure you guys have seen infinity's new turbo, uh, variable, variable, uh, what is it? Gosh, dang. Now it's going to make me so upset. It's like a variable compression turbo that they have out where you can actually, there's like a weird arm that controls the connecting rod. Now, instead of like actual physical, just connecting rod to the piston, there's like an armature that spins and it has like what looks like a connecting rod with two little ends on it. And then the connecting rod with the big end connects to this weird armature. So when this armature pivots and tilts, it actually strokes the motor or, you know, Yeah, like cool. it, it just varies the it varies the new bottom, like where the crankshaft would be. It varies mm-hmm. what the old crankshaft um, position is in the cylinder, so it can push it up higher or raise it, you know, drop it down a little bit. So you're getting That's more. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you don't have to worry about you know other things. It, it's kind of remember. Do you remember the sobs that had the expanding combustion chamber? This is like. And they expanded like where the head meets the block, though, I think. And so it was yeah. only a small amount because then you're on a 
you're on a you're basically with like a compass making a circle, you know, so you can't really do it too far. But um, mm-hmm. this one basically is adjusting where the crank sh- or the uh, yeah, basically the crankshaft is, and this armature rocks and the crankshaft is what moves up and down. So the stroke and the displacement of the pistons and all that can stay the same. And it's just the volume in the cylinders. But that's something that I had never thought of is that they were saying it lowers the compression for um, like the turbo because with turbos, you really don't want high compression, right? I mean, is that like the, the trade-off with the turbo is that you're going to be forcing a ton of air in there so you don't need high compression? It'll blow the stinking head off the motor? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because yep. yep. you you are pushing more air and fuel in there, um, so to keep it from detonating, you got to kind of lower that compression. Yeah, but there, you know, technology is um, is coming along so that there are actually some pretty high compression engines that are still turbocharged and supercharged. Rad. Um, but like the classic thought is it's going to be lower than it's lower like compression nine. than. Yeah, usually it's like a nine or one or eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think these this was around eight eight to one, and then when you needed to get on it for the freeway or passing, it could drop the you know it rotate the arm and you get fourteen to one all of a sudden for cruising. That said, and I was like, well, why would you get that for cruising and not like a blast of power, you know? But it's because it dropped the compression for power, I guess, just because then the turbo spools up, and yeah, you don't want to have too much compression or it'll you'll blow it up. So the more compression you get, the, the more efficient the, the engine becomes as well. Yeah. You you get more power out of that. That's probably why they were going to the high compression for freeway cruising and, and low load, um, situations and then dropping the compression for when you really want to get on it and get the turbo to spool up and all that. So yeah, it's, it's such a crazy thing. Uh, and, Nitrous Chris, our buddy, now to, to come full circle on that whole thing, was going to almost be Turbo Chris this year until a few things yep. didn't pan out. And he, uh, yeah, he had bought a turbo for his bike and he was going to convert it and all that. And then we were like, man, Turbo Chris just doesn't fit after being Nitro Chris for all these years. No joke, right? Yeah, I was very... He was no-name Chris there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so last, uh, last November, I think it was, when he was making those plans, he had messaged me. And it was when he was starting to, well, I guess it could have been after that. It was when he started getting those DR, um, yep. 400 DRZ 400 dirt bikes. Yeah. And so he messaged me that and I was still on the oxycodone from my surgery. <laughs> oh, and I no. thought he was talking about turbocharging his DR. And I was like trying to act excited. Cause like, I've never seen that before. I was like, why is, why though? <laughs> and then I realized he was talking about his, his drag bike. You went off, you almost went off on an oxycodone rant. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and you're like, oh wait, uh, yeah, that is a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. If you were in Hollywood, I would not recommend it. Um, yeah, it, it's really, it is pretty funny um, that he is making that switch. Is there a? But is there? Here's my question: Is there an advantage over going turbo versus keeping nitrous? You know. Well, here's the important thing: yeah, he was going to do both simultaneously. Oh, okay. See, I didn't. That, that is that is possible, and the benefit of doing both simultaneously is when you run nitrous oxide, it lowers your temperature, so you can squeeze a little bit more power out because you're running a little cooler. Right. And nitrous is that a uh, liquid, gas, or a crumb? Like, is that a crumble, like a crumbly bag of chips, <laughs> like crumbling up a bunch of Cheetos? And sp- <laughs> I'm assuming it's it's gas, right? Like a clear gas. 
I think it's liquid when it's compressed, and then when you decompress it, it's gas. Right. That would make it's sense. Kind of like a. Uh, like acetylene or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen like videos of people hitting the uh, what do you call the purge valve or whatever. Like you roll up in your Need for Speed car and you oh yeah start spraying out the deal. Yeah, it, it's like a it's like a fog almost. Yeah, yeah. I remember back in the day, everybody was doing that. Like even if they didn't like a Honda, you know. Or a Toyota Del Sol, stuff that should not have had yeah, all exactly. that red stuff on it. And they're just like, here, let's put the nitrous on this thing. Or or at least a uh, – say what? It's cheap power. It's the cheapest way. That's the biggest bang for your buck when you're trying to get some serious pony. Yeah, and I, for some reason there was a shortage of it. I don't know if their nitrous mines are drying up because of fracking and, and Democrats <laughs> making everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Government. Dem- blame the government. Yeah, Democrats making everything illegal or what? But it, there was a, a shortage of it there for a little while, and everybody in Wisco was like, "The races are coming up, and I'm worried." And Nitrous Chris, he texted me a few times. I don't know if I should be divulging this, but he was just cackling because he has some crazy uh, Middle Eastern sources in like Abu Dhabi that can get him <laughs> secret shipments of nitrous overnight. So. <laughs> you got to go like break into dentist offices. <laughs> yeah. No, that's why his teeth look so nice is because he made a trip every week and just smuggled a little oh, bit out. <laughs> yeah. He filled up his tank with a, a, one balloon at a time. Uh, yep. he, I think he tried to smuggle it out in his pockets too, but it was, it was a little hard to smuggle nitrous out in your pockets. Um, yeah. yeah. So what's another power adder? I mean, we got, are there legitimate like octane boosters that you can pour in your fuel that supposedly work? Oh, that's a hard one. So, so octane boosters are like uh, you, for motorcycle purposes, like my two-stroke, my little uh, what is that? A RM two fifty. Um, it's got some pretty high compression because of the the head that's on it, and uh, it's built pretty well, and it requires above the pump gas grade and so to do that you have to buy an octane booster and mix it in with the um the fuel that i put in it but it's i'm pretty sure it's just ethanol that i'm pouring in there i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that's what it's mostly made of right what's the difference between that and just like throwing an ear of corn in the gas tank you know what i'm saying well you know not much yeah (laughs) just kidding Pretty much. I mean, that's what Taylor does every day. He throws that corn down every no, man. day. Corn is heavily subsidized, too. I stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to write a book called Eating Politically. and uh, Dude, you can't eat no anything. Joke. I know. You'd, so, be, you'd be eating dirt, and even that belongs to the BLM or something. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. So funny thing about all this libertarian stuff and all the – the fun conversations we used to have on our podcasts about the libertarian views Mr. Slade had is I've somewhat developed the same kind of uh, attitude about. Yeah. He, he sent me something about Memorial day, some screenshot of a news article he was reading about how many tickets they wrote on Memorial day and all the overtime the cops did. And it was, oh. ta- you know, saying libertarian things. And I, and all I could say was, I really like when you're like this, <laughs> I, I like when you get like this. Yeah, I know. Everything has become something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's no longer really about being thankful and 
you know, being memorable of the people that did this thing because almost all of them are going to be dead soon anyway. It's all about sales and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, this whole world is changing. They're going to, the millennials are going to have to think of some, wait, you guys aren't millennials, are you? You guys are like right on the edge, right? I think we're on the upper edge. Yeah. I'm 30 this year. Well, stretches 30 here. As, as first, yeah. As like tip of the sword millennials, you guys are going to have to, as you're aging, find out, create some new holidays that, you know, everybody else can celebrate. Maybe like internet creation day or Facebook, Facebook day, the day that Facebook was created so that every millennial knows like when their parents started really using the internet. (laughs) Cause like no, no millennial use my co-host is always busting my chops about using only Instagram. And I'm like, listen, dude, a lot of people still use Facebook, you know? But uh, yeah, this whole this whole crazy world. We should start a, a side podcast once you guys get everything figured out. Maybe in a few years, we'll start a that grinds my gears podcast, and we can all <laughs> get together and talk about get it. Get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, get yeah, back on your side it. of the fence with your meth. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, you know, coming back full circle on that thought, I uh, I I love the EPA. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My, hanging up, hanging up. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I always talk about them because of the. It's a, such a double-edged sword. The stuff they they do that's good, as in like they don't let you release raw sewage out into the ocean out here. They let you release treated sewage though, which is a whole nother thing. But then the other stuff, which is like, yeah, we're gonna make every every single thing illegal that's fun and great. And like, mm-hmm. how many businesses will go out of business because of that i'm i'm thankful that there are mechanical power adders because i think some of the chemical power adder people uh are gonna well the older gen guys are gonna be out of a job here pretty soon if things keep going the way they are with like everybody being concerned over global warming and this and that however that does make technology get a little better like they wouldn't have developed this infinity motor if they didn't think stuff was coming down the pipe where they needed to make a more efficient yet slightly crazy yeah. motor so there's there probably, is really cool technology because of all that stuff for sure yeah but that's a double-edged sword too right it's it still not going to run as good as my small block 350 <laughs> yeah, maybe well not. in in ways yeah. yeah and and the other problem with it is all the regulations not just epa wise but on cars they're making them so expensive i mean you can't buy a car a new car for less than 15 yeah, grand really. anymore yeah that's the other only small block are out there <laughs> a bit they're chill, all still yeah. there forever yeah. <laughs> no, they're still there yeah, uh, on my last uh, last episode, I just had one of my old, um, really old, old longtime friends, and his one of his first cars was a uh, small block Chevy, and we would always joke. He would joke to me because I was like, "Dude, he kind of got me sick on the whole Ford and Chevy camp because he was always like talking about Chevy, 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 Chevy," and I was like, "Dude, these camps, you got to get out of these camps, bro." And then he was like, "But listen, man, like the." fuel pump off of my truck his was like a 79 or something he's like it still fits like the 2002s and 2003s and i was like for real and he's like yeah like every every part is legacy part it's not like these we've talked about on the show it's not like some of these uh bikes that have parts that are now a bajillion dollars because you can't find you know anything on ebay everybody on ebay is like hoarding them waiting for him to go up in value and uh you know I guess you're yeah. on that front. It's like a Honda Civic. Like if you're going to 
go buy a crummy car that you want to be able to keep for a thousand years, a Honda Civic, because they've been making them forever, and some quite a few parts have never changed. You know, but, I will uh, say we will not endorse buying a Honda Civic. But oh, I understand no. your point. Yeah, yeah, of course. You guys, what, what do you guys think about a Prius? <laughs> hey, stretch races uh, one almost every day. Yeah, I got I got a, my last speeding ticket wasn't a Prius. Oh my so. god, great! That's great news. So were he you, doesn't own it. What were you doing? Thirty six and a thirty five. You're like pegged. <laughs> it, it's funny because my my co-host he he races uh flat track and uh he's done like supermoto and we last last november we went and he drag raced his harley so he's done like a bunch of stuff but he's a big harley dude and he's got a big old you know ram diesel and he we've been talking because we went to ride uh electric motorcycles here not too long ago i guess it was right after november and uh, uh no, I wish the Alta. Um maybe I can line something up with the Alta, but it was one of the zero uh supermotos. And, oh yeah. And dude, that thing was pretty fun. And he's got a little bit of heft on me, um, to put it politely. Like for me, I felt like that thing was quick, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh I mean it's not like he weighs like three hundred pounds more than me. He's he's probably you know, maybe like he's 50 pounds. Bad. You can say what you want. It's all good. Yeah, I know. He's not here. But uh, even <laughs> I think even 50 pounds, I could probably stand to lose like 10 pounds and, you know, and still that thing would feel different. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just yeah. funny. The electric bikes were, he, I think he changed his mind about them just because he likes, even because he's just because he's got like two or three Harleys. He loves everything. You know, he used to race Speedway and like I said, Supermoto. So he, it's not, it's not about the, the Harleys, he, but at the, the thing is, is that like that that sort of stuff isn't coming along quite as hardcore. And speaking of power adders, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting way off topic of power adders, but kind in a way, not really, because those, unless you're a computer hacker, there's no power adders. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no joke, right? Yeah, unless you can program and tune it yourself. Yeah, yeah which there's a lot of potential there. But yeah, I, you know what, I. I was a little annoyed with the electric motorcycle thing for a while, but I am on board. Like if I had to commute still to the big city, yeah. I probably would have one to commute and just charge it. Cause you can just plug them in the wall. Can't you? Yeah. The zeros. Yeah. They have two options. They have a plug in the wall option. And then they have a, if you have the level two charger, you can plug into a, um, like a fast charger and be done in like half an hour actually. But you, Whoa. yeah, you can get a power tank that gives you extra distance and i think it's like i forget it's like 80 extra miles or you can do the level two charger and do quick charges but you can't do both so yeah you could either plug it into the wall at work if you didn't have a charging station at your work but even like his work even in my work we all have um electric vehicle slots at our at our works now so it's like dude you get the quick charger option you go in there you pop it in for half an hour and it's all the way back to full so your only your only cost then is tires yeah, pretty much. That's that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm on board. Yeah. I, and that new Alta Redshift, there's a, a street legal one. It's like a dual sport street legal one. And yeah. kind of looking at that one too. Dude, I'm waiting for Alta because we, we both agree that Alta looks like a way better – like it just looks more. It, he pointed it's out, cooler. yeah. He pointed out some stuff on the zeros, like the the tube frame, like the square tubing on some of the bodywork, and the the way that the the frame is made. It's like a it's like a pressed frame or like a 
monocoque frame where it doesn't look like frame rails, you know, so you kind of lose part of mm-hmm. that motorcycle aspect. And the Altas, they still look like a, you know, like a 250 with just the motor's just different, you know what I mean? So it still looks yeah. a hell of a lot like a, like a bike. But both of us agreed too, like, there's no way you can go cruising or long distance, even with the quick charger, stopping for half an hour sometimes ain't an option. But for around town, Sure. And the yeah. drag the drag strip, I'm waiting for that stuff to come down the pipe. Um yeah. yeah. So yeah, power adders for that stuff would just be like an extra battery pack or a bigger voltage yeah. motor. You that that costs a lot more exactly. than nitrous. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. Let's go back to that thought though that we were it was like ten minutes ago and we just we just squirreled real bad there, but yeah, we did. The, so the octane boosters. Oh yes. If your if your cars or your motorcycle is just tuned to run on pump gas and you put that in, it's not going to do anything. But if your if your requirements are higher than what's available in the pump, you can get up there pretty well. It's hard to calculate because you don't know exactly how much you're mixing in, but right. it can it can get you by if you need like ninety ninety five or something in your and you. The highest we have here in Utah is 91. I know down there in California you got 93. Yeah, you got it's few and far between, but you got to you can get 93 here and there and then if you go to like a racetrack, of course you can buy like 100 and 101. Yeah, you can actually yeah. you can actually buy it at um little race shops around and dune buggy shops and there's a ton of those here because we got the desert just east of here but the thing is then you got to go there and buy it in 5 gallon buckets. It's not like you can go to the pump and get it whenever you need it. So our our local uh, motorcycle shop here, Stedman's, they they carry the VP one ten, which is like leaded, full on one hundred ten racing fuel, and yeah. it's in a pump, so you can buy it by however much you want. Oh, nice! And I usually go for my beta. What I do is because our our only ethanol free, um, our ethanol free fuel here is eighty eight octane, which is too low for my beta. The beta is actually it's a two stroke, it's a three hundred two stroke, but it's fourteen and a half to one compression. Bam. So it's got to have at least premium. So I go and get a gallon and a half to two gallons of that VP 110 leaded and cut it with that 88 octane uh, ethanol free and brings it to about, if my math is right, is about 95 or 96 octane, which makes it run really nice and it smells amazing because it's race gas. <laughs> right. I When I used to autocross, that was my favorite part is walking through the pits because everybody there oh, was running on at least like 95, you know, at least. Oh, that smells so good. Yeah. I know. That it's like the sweetest smell. That and the, um, you know, walking through the pits at the vintage races, even a lot of those vintage guys are using, you know, they have to, you know, especially when you start trying to get speed out of those old bikes by bumping up the compression way high, you're going to start pinging. Um, yeah, he had mentioned something to me when he was racing, I forget where he was at, but his bike was pinging and, um, I think it was his flat tracker. He had changed, changed out the carbs to bigger carbs, but his bike was pinging and, uh, I forget where he was. And I asked him if he was, what I said, is it, oh, Sacramento, that's where he was. And he was running the amateur mile up there. And I said, is Sacramento like below sea level? Cause I was thinking of like air fuel ratio, but he, he, as soon as he mentioned the octane, I was like, oh yeah, that should have been my first guess. And I didn't want to go with the, uh, into it with him then. Cause we can talk for like 18 hours once we get on the subject. But, uh, it took me back to my old days when I actually used to, I've, I forgot more than I probably knew, but I did used to know about the octane and, and being able to advance timing and retard timing based on the octane and the compression and all that stuff. And definitely 
Yeah, if you're getting pinging and knocking, like the octane numbers are basically anti-knock indexes, right? And you need, yep. if you're getting pinging though, that's like, you know, detonation or whatever. You may, might have your timing advanced too far or whatever. Or if you don't have, because I don't think you mess with this timing, um, just the, uh, yeah, the the higher the octane, the more predictable the combustion uh, timing is, right? Because that's like yeah. basically- It raises the ignition- temperature yeah. too, I think. Yeah. And it cools it mm-hmm. down from for what I think because it explodes at a the higher the octane, the lower heat needs to be to ignite it, correct? Is that how that works or am I thinking backwards? It's the opposite. Oh okay, yeah. The okay. higher the octane, the higher the heat needed. Okay. So that's why you can advance it a little more as it gets a little hotter, but it won't uh ping. Right, right. Yeah. And so yeah, the octane has a lot to do with uh if you're hearing knocking or pinging and not necessarily like that you're not that you're running too rich or too lean. Those are like different. Those are could be measured by uh you know your if you look at your spark plug, you can tell that and and you definitely don't need power adders if you're too lean. <laughs> you're gonna, you know, but for yeah. you these power the, at least the chemical power adders sound like they could come in handy if you are uh if you're pinging and stuff like that. Um yeah. can can they if you try to throw like a cheesy turbo on your motor, can it make it run worse? I I think it can. Yeah, I mean turbos you got a lot of tuning to do with that. Like there's getting your fuel curve right and everything throughout your power band is like like the biggest thing of it's making critical. a turbo work properly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's something that you can look up um, on YouTube. There's a channel called cars and cameras and they're, they do a lot of, um, they wanted to be a car channel, but they, they really found their niche in the <laughs> go-kart mini bike kind of uh, market. But they, a couple of years ago, they tried to turbocharge a drift trike and they just threw a turbo on. And I think they like, <laughs> got real ghetto and and drilled out the main jet in the carburetor and that's it and it didn't run very well yeah so just because you throw a turbo on doesn't mean it's gonna be faster there's a you got to worry about the fuel and yeah i i saw this thing where this dude had like a 110 i think it was i mean it was a small it's like a 110 or a 125 and he threw might even have been a grom you know something like that where it's like a common bike so he was trying out all sorts of stuff and he got this push button turbo from like china it probably cost him like eight dollars and uh he's riding it and the turbo is literally actuated by a button instead of like driving off the exhaust pressure you know what i'm saying electric yeah yeah that's that's basically all it was and um whenever he would push the button the bike would just dang near stop and i don't know if it's because it was robin power where it once used to go to the spark because he had it hooked up exactly how the uh direction said or if it was the fact that now you got a whole bunch of air and not enough fuel going in because you you know what i'm saying like when you do something like that without tuning for it. Like you guys said, you alter, you basically alter everything about the characteristics of the motor and how, how you're delivering power at that point. And yeah, yeah it seems like it would probably surge and then die. If that were the case, my guess is it was spinning backwards and it was sucking all the air out. Oh, there you go. That could have been it too. <laughs> That's just, he's like, I don't I'm know. not a doctor though. What type of stuff have I missed? What cool power adders are out there? Um, I, I know I probably skipped over superchargers, but I kind of like clumped that in with the yeah. turbocharger. Yeah, hit that stretch. The superchargers? Yeah. Superchargers are are basically just 
mechanical forced induction. So it's running, the motor has to be pushing the, the air pump basically. Yeah. Like there will usually be a belt driving a gear. Yeah. So you're, you're taking power away to make more power. And so that's kind of the, the downfall of it. But the nice part about it is it's super predictable. And if you're like doing bracket racing, that kind of stuff where you have to be consistent every single time, superchargers are the way to go. Turbochargers are, are hard to predict because of the way the gas compresses and spools your turbos and stuff. It's really unpredictable. Kind of slingshotty. How it, yeah. uh, how it brings the power in. So I, I, I don't know if there's a ton of uh, – I know there have been, but there's not a lot of history with superchargers on motorcycles. No, I mean I, I, there was no, some no. factory – there was even factory turbos back in the day, but uh, I, the only one yeah, I can think of right now is Kawasaki, you know, the H2R. Yeah, that's like the only one. Yeah. Wait, is that supercharged or is it turbo? No, it's supercharged. It's supercharged? Yeah. Oh. Is it – so here's the other thing. There's two main kinds of superchargers. There's the roots which I don't fully understand how those compress air and force it in. But the, the ones that I really like are the centrifugal ones where it looks like half a turbo, where it yeah. brings it in through a compressor wheel. But is that kind of what the H2 has? Is like a centrifugal one or is it like a roots type? Yeah, it's driven off of the... Um, it's driven off of like the ones on the off the right side of the crank, I want to say, and it goes up top and yeah, it spins whatever's up at the top and coming into the intake, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where it's generating the power is up there at the intake. I, I don't know what kind it is either. I don't know if it's a scroll like the roots or if it's the tur- looks like a turbo and spools that way. It sort of looks like a turbo. Oh, okay. Man, okay. So it's probably a centrifugal. That's interesting. Very. Yeah. And then I always had my, cause you know, those are only thousand CC bikes and it, and they were so, uh, such a big deal made about them because they have a supercharger and they're the first bike to go like 300 miles an hour or whatever the hell. I think it was 300 kilometers an hour, actually. Um, you know, stock straight out of the box, the gentleman's agreement totally off the table. But I always had a feeling that they were trying to do that to keep the power that they were getting out of the regular motor without going bigger and without making it crazy and still staying like we were talking about, uh, circling back to the infinity motor keeping it, um, you know, EPA legal. And the thing is, I think that's what their goal was because now they just released the H2R SE, which is like a sport touring model of the H2R, which is like, holy crap, the H2 already and the H2R, which is like the crazy, these look like space age bikes. But then they're like, well, and now we have the H2 SE, which is kind of like a not a hundred percent like a FJR or a ZX fourteen, you know, or a con- it doesn't look like a concourse. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like any of those. It still looks like the H two, but they did it up with, uh, I think maybe a different subframe to support like a box and some bags. You know what I'm saying? So it's a just sport tour. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I, my my prediction is with like Infinity making these turbos. A lot of cars are actually coming out with turbos if they're not going full electric. That I think it's just the last way to make fuel that much more efficient and be on the level. Cause uh, here's another thing that goes into all of people probably don't care that just ride, but us like I'm a nerd for this stuff because I want to know 
why it works, how it works, and why they're doing it. And every year, in America at least, the CAFE standards, which is the uh, corporate average fuel economy, those standards keep going up and up and up. And Congress and you know the administrations and everybody pushes for those to get better every year. And so it forces companies to be more efficient and create better technologies. And that way you can still have your some of your trucks that only get like 17 miles to the gallon are offset. Yeah, 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 pretty much. They're they're offset. And some of the muscle cars, I mean, if you think of like the Corvette and the Mustang, there's no way those are getting over like 20. But they have got a lot better. Hell, I used to have a Dodge, uh, a 1965 Dodge that got seven miles to the gallon. And we're talking like, you know, so it's a huge improvement. It's like tenfold improvement, even if they get 20 miles to the gallon. But the thing is, is that... Have you you seen that Ford uh, next year, they're having a four-cylinder in there? F one fifty, a four cylinder turbo. Yeah, and and that's the thing. The yeah, and it's to make it, it's to offset, to keep the corporate average of fuel economy. They have to do something like that, where they to offset the super low fuel economy cars. They have to make either a fuel cell or like an electric, and they're also dropping all their cars except for the uh, Focus Action or something like that, and mm-hmm. or Focus Active and the Mustang. So. Everything's going to be trucks next year, and every variation is going to be in the trucks. We're going to see some amazing trucks yeah. from, like the Ford Ranger is probably going to come back to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, some crazy stuff. So it, it, <laughs> yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, and 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 these motors, especially like Kawasaki, now proven that the uh, supercharger will work on a sport touring bike and not like the top of the line crazy Wango Tango, you know. Uh, SP2 bike or whatever, uh, they basically are like, hey, yeah, it's our way of making the same 1,000cc make the same power that people demand, you know, riders demand, yet at the same time uh, stay um, legal because you're not having to put more, you know, pump more fuel or whatever it is through it, you know what I'm saying? Like they're just making it more efficient yeah. by by means of a different mechanical uh, means and until they're outlawed, like or not outlawed, but you know, legislated out. Like I think that's how people are going to do it. It's forcing manufacturers to think outside the box on engines. Now we might see some turbocharged bikes come down the the pipe now, or some supercharged yeah. bikes. But hey, there's two more things I wanted to talk about with the power adders. Yeah, let's do it. So there, there are um, a lot of the the chemical power adders. What the idea is to get the oxygen in the fuel. So you've probably heard of oxygenated fuel. Oh yeah. Um, there's, there's also, you know, additives that are oxygenated that are the same idea. And those actually work pretty well. There's this guy here in, uh, Tooele near where we live. He's got a, uh, a performance shop, I guess. Uh, he does a lot of motorcycle stuff and he's got a fuel additive that, and he has a dyno, um, there at his shop and they've tested it on, dirt bikes, quads, uh, sport bikes, cruisers, everything. And he says that it's an average of like 10 to 15% power increase, just dumping that in. But he said, you got to be careful when you do that because you don't know exactly what your air fuel ratio is. Because if the oxygen is also going in through your fuel, uh, delivery system, whatever that might be, uh, it's harder to measure, Hmm. but you can get a ton of power out of those oxygenated fuels and, and additives. Nice. That's something to keep in mind for people that don't want to do like a whole separate system. Like I think with NOS and all that stuff, you have to, you know. 
Yeah. You said NOS. Don't say NOS. <laughs> I know. Nitrous for all Those Wisconsin guys will never forgive you. <laughs> Should I edit this out or just were- take my take my punches? <laughs> no, you got to take it. All right. <laughs> I took it and it wasn't even me saying it. Stretch. <laughs> um, and then my last point when it comes to this is a lot of time if you're considering power adders, Consider the state of what you already have, because a lot of times there's a lot of lost horsepower um, just from from wear and tear on your bike yeah. or on your car. You got to make sure. So, for example, I had uh, a little S10 with a, a 350 small block in it for a short time. I wanted to try that GM life because I've never had anything. Best else. life you ever had. Yeah, stretch is all about it. So I, I got this <laughs> S10 that someone had started a project on, and it was pretty well endowed, as they say. <laughs> it had like a limited slip differential from a, a Chevy uh, or a GMC Cyclone, and uh, built transmission. That's not that's the diesel yeah, the shift kit, uh, shift kit and stuff in the transmission, um, and a 350 small block, and it was pretty fun. But it, I could tell there was something wrong with it. And so all I did was check my exhaust for leaks. And I found that the headers were leaking really bad. So I replaced those gaskets, tightened it up, um, and found a ton of power with that. I, uh, I did some suspension work because before it was had really stiff, like towing rear end springs. And it would just spin the tires everywhere I went. And I worked on that suspension and got it so that it would hook up. And that made it even faster. And then... Um, I decided to get a fresh air filter for it. The one that was in there didn't look that bad, but I was like, I might as well dropped it in and stretch was there for that and felt the before and after and no joke, just changing the air filter probably by the seat of the pants. Dino gave it 30 or 40 horsepower. No kidding. I mean, stretch was saying the F word. He was so surprised. Yeah. Man. And, uh, and that takes a lot for you guys to, you know, that's nuts. Well, not, not for stretch, but <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was. So the, the moral of that, the point of that is a lot of times you can just, just restore a lot of power out of what you have and enjoy it for a lot longer before you have to spend those big bucks and, and go through the headaches and the, and the expense of, uh, adding a, a big ticket power adder. Yeah. yeah. Keep up on your movements. Yeah, you know, you never know that you didn't need something until you have gone through everything top to bottom and made sure that you're running optimally as it is. Yep. There's so many things that I I like about what's going on and so many things I hate about what's going on. Yeah, me too. I feel like I could talk about it for days and days and days, but I, I totally agree with you that it is cool that, you know, new innovative things are coming out. You know, America is all about innovation you know and that's been our our thing for a very long time but um as far as innovation has gone for the for the last while it seems like um through the 2000s and stuff we kind of we kind of slowed down in like japan and uh europe and stuff started coming out with some amazing stuff we were just kind of sitting back not doing a whole lot but it's nice to see that you know we're um with Ford at least really starting to press forward and do some cool stuff. The part I hate about it, um, is that I am such a caveman 
and I like to work on my own stuff, and I hate dealing with overly complex yeah. uh, products. Just ridiculous things. Like, uh, so my my mother in law has a uh, or had a Passat, a, a Volkswagen turbo diesel. She asked me to change her oil. I was like, sure, no problem. And I go to start changing the oil. There's no drain plug. So I got online. You literally have to pump the oil out of the top of the engine. Oh, that's terrible. I'm like, the, the, I can't do that without a, a pump or setting up something. I'm sure I could figure something out eventually, but I told her it'd probably end up being cheaper just to have the shop do it. But yeah, it, uh, those are the kind of things that they're coming out with. So it's harder and harder to work on your own stuff. Yeah, that's my that's my fear too, because motorcycles are the simplest form of you know cars are just cars are crazy now, and I haven't worked in in the car um, you know directly with cars for like the like over ten years now, and so I'm sure if I popped the hood on one, I would flip compared to what I saw ten years ago, right? And motorcycles, as simple as they are, is the same sort of thing is happening where they're all these IMUs and all these like bus systems that are coming on is replacing the mechanical stuff and it makes it more efficient and quote safer. But at the same time, uh, I think my co-host and I touched on this before. You're not a mechanic anymore. You're a technician and they call you a technician. When you go to motorcycle mechanics Institute, you're becoming a motorcycle technician and not a mechanic anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, for all the safety and all the efficiency and it's, and it's probably way easier to tune a map with the computer and be able to do it on the fly than to bust out the jet set there at the track and like test every single one between, you know, if you mess up, you just re reflash it. But if you go on by actual physical stuff, it's so I understand the argument for it and where it's going, but I do, I'm like you guys, I feel a little bit like a cowboy right now at the beginning of the century, like, you know, when automobiles were not quite taken over the landscape, but Henry Ford started making them in like the 1900s, right? Like the early 1900s. So even in the early 1900s, people were still riding horses and wagons. And here you have like, that was an incredible time for innovation and stuff that was coming uh, on board and changed the way the next 20 or 30 years would, would look because horses disappeared really quick. Horses and wagons disappeared super quick, but there was that time where they overlapped. And it's so funny. I feel like we're in one of those decades right now where like yeah. 10 years ago, I don't think electric motorcycles were a big deal. And I don't even know how many, I can only think of one company, which was Bramo, that was really, uh, you know, trying to do anything about it. But I feel like in the next five years, we're going to see Harley Davidson's putting one out next year. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. yeah. And when I'm sitting here at night and I hear, I live pretty close to this cool little garage and I can hear sport bikes and groms and dirt bikes ripping up and down the street. And I'm like, dude, the day's going to come when I just hear, and I don't know if it's a car or a motorcycle driving down. Yeah. If it's just electric or what, but, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. I love it. And I hate it. Cause I love the innovation and I hate the, I do hate the change, but I, at the same time, I, I, I can big picture, see why, it, why it's going to be really cool. And in the near future, the, the companies that are making the power adders that we were talking about on this episode are going to have to think, What's the new power adder? There's always going to be, an, uh, you know, people like us out there trying to make stuff go faster and be bigger and better. And so there's always going to be something, whether it's electrical. Hell, maybe that maybe our kids will be like, yeah, this power adder is this chip. You know what I'm saying? It might be something totally different than we think of today, but there'll still be power adders out there, no matter 
if you're all electric or if we find out some crazy biofuel that we could use, you know, there's always going to be yeah. some, some rad thing. It's but the nature of mankind. It we, is. We stuff alone. We got to make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Eat meat, shoot guns. Well, Taylor, I'm sorry. You need to. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> you guys are going to run out of meat. <laughs> yeah. I hear there's a huge meat shortage. <laughs> yep. It's going to happen one day. Listen. The, the government going to run out of money. The You're e- not going to get your subsidized meat. Yeah. Everything's going to rot Dude, in the fields. It's all about more debt. Like, <laughs> it's going to work. The Canadians got it down. The Can- Keynesians. Keynesians those guys are jackasses. Just keep going into debt. Paul freaking Krugman. Don't even get me started on Krugman. Yeah. And on that um, note, you guys, oh, I was going to say, stay tuned for the, uh, the Stock is for Squares political podcast coming out. In 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I had to lay off for a while. I was getting so upset because I was getting so into political stuff. And I just I just rile myself up. So I just tried to step back a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Stretch and Slade, thank you guys for, uh, for schooling us on all the power adders. Like I said, stay t- don't eat government beef. <laughs> stay, stay tuned for their podcast when they when they make their return. And uh, you guys got anything cool going on or that that we should be keeping an eye out? Um, I've been trying to do a project every year, build a build something every year. This year, um, I'm working on a Honda Shadow. Um, it's one that I've had for like four years now and just it keeps getting pushed to the back of the line. I think I'm finally going to finish it. Um, and then after that, I've got a, a big garage project. I got to build a, a shop behind my house now that I've got a new place and all that. And so that's, that's kind of what I've got coming up here in the future. Nice. I'm ready to buy my dream truck. I've been thinking about it for years and, and I'm ready as soon as one pops up. It is oh an early 80s Volkswagen Rabbit Caddy. Oh, man. I've wanted one of those forever and ever, and uh, I'm ready to pull the trigger. I'm just waiting for a good one to show up on the classifieds. Yeah. All I so got to say one. all I got to say about that is be prepared for your uh, fair share of electrical gremlins, although the Volkswagen pickups had the least amount, believe it or not, of all yeah. the uh, water-cooled early, early Volkswagens. Yeah. No, they're good. Those little caddies, they go through head gaskets is their problem, but yeah. it's like a 30-minute job. So That's a diesel, yeah, too. Are you talking about the diesel one? Yeah, it's the diesel one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they put a turbo diesel in the in the hatchback one, and very few of them, like in the hundreds. And uh, I'd love to find one of those to swap into it, but I'm I'm just going to leave it. But that's, that's my plan this year. And then another thing, Stretch and I have been uh, reliving our glory days, and we've, yeah. we've been riding BMX. Yes, the BMX bikes are back. Stretch <laughs> caught a 26-inch 26 BMX bike, and uh, and I went and picked up a dirt jumper, and we've been hitting, shredding the skate park. I can roll in a bowl still. Yeah, I can, I can almost clear the box now, man. You can? Yeah. You've been going without me? I've been going without I, you. I tacoed my wheel already because – I am 260 pounds of 610-ness now, <laughs> and the BMX spike wasn't ready for me. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like Shaq riding a friggin' <laughs> bicycle out there. No joke. <laughs> Pretty much. Rad. So, yeah. But I, I, yeah, we've got to get some footage of that and at least just give a little taste <laughs> of the glory. Well, listen, if you guys don't have the – I know, you know, school and family and everything that you guys are going through right now and – 
my prayers and my heart goes out to you guys because uh, you know Marcus, <laughs> what you're dealing with, but also Slade having another kid. Like, oh man, you're you're in. Yeah, you guys are in really, for it. Rough but, little uh, bundle of joy. Yeah, but no, my kids are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. We you, we say that. You can tell me off the air the, your real thoughts, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no. If you guys ever need, you know, if you if you don't have the time to crank out the pod gear or, or repurchase what you've hawked off for school debt and all this and that. Give old creative writing a call. We've always got a spot for you. And uh, you guys got any cool sign-offs? We'll start All right, that's your sign-off. All right, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Somehow I've managed to lock myself inside the garden shed. So this outro is going to be uh, somewhat quick and dirty, if not panicked. I cannot, for the life of me, find how to get out of here. So... Uh, Until next week, if you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. You can donate there. We just got another patron supporter this week. And I want to say thank you to all of our patrons. Um, And they help make the show possible. Actually, they make the show possible now. So thank you very much to them. And uh, if you want to check us out on the web, go to www.creative-writing.com. Uh, go check out the Stock is for Squares podcast. They're old now, but they had some really good fun stuff on there. Their weekly challenges were pretty rad. I think we might start doing that for some of our uh, shows here. Hell, this week, if you want to send in a picture of you doing a wheelie, uh, stick it on our Facebook page. You can't stick it on our Instagram page, all you millennials, because you can't stick stuff there. So anyway, yeah, check them out. Uh, if you have any questions, submit them to askwigs, A-S-K-W-I-G-G-Z at gmail.com. And uh, send everything else to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. We will be getting to the judging of the Solstice Slam entries, I believe, this week. And throwing all the knives at the targets and uh, talking about it. So we might have a panel review. We'll see. In the meantime, take it easy. Peace and grease. There's a lady yours. You you left. You dropped. No, but it was. There. I would. Oh my goodness! It's been a while. <laughs> I would say you would say, I'm Stretch. And I'm Slade. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Try it again. <laughs> I'm Stretch. And I'm Slade. And remember, stock is for squares. So make it yours. Stay classy. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs>If you haven't done so yet, go check out the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. You can find it at MotorcyclePodcastersChallenge.com or you can look up their podcast on iTunes. It's put on by the fellows over at R-Dub Studios who are responsible for the Loud Pipes and the Moto Nobodies podcast. You can enter to ride for old creative riding here. Also, if you're going to be in the Los Angeles area tomorrow... You can stop by Lucky Wheels Garage at 5 p.m. We're going to be chilling and grilling. It's really laid back. It's not an event. It's not a huge thing. We're literally just going to be standing around, talking to the guys, eating meat, and drinking some beer. See you out on the road. Now, where did I put that key to get out of here? God dang it. Paleo thing is such BS. They're like, eat like a caveman, and it's like nothing but meat. The yeah. caveman didn't eat a lot of meat because animals are hard to catch. Yeah. <laughs>